Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on this beautiful Friday morning in Queen City, Texas. I'm in the studio here at Crossway Church and I'm glad that you found us on social media somewhere, wherever it is you found us. If you're watching right now, live here at 9 a.m. Central Time this Friday morning, then you're watching on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page. But don't forget about the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel that everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded there. And uh, just as this broadcast will be later on here this morning. And uh, we're, we're just uh, looking forward to what he's going to say this morning here in this great Bible study of 1 Peter chapter 1. Go ahead and get your Bibles. We're going to see some very powerful things this morning. What we're going to look at this morning may be the greatest revelation, the greatest illumination of God's Word that a Christian can have after they're born again. How to live for God, how to be holy. God commands us to be holy, and we're going to look at that this morning. We're going to see that. So uh, don't forget this Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Central Time, I will be with Mahari Warfield and the crew there on Cross Country as we discuss the rest of God. That's right, how to rest in the Lord. And do we ever need to know that in these troubling times that we're living in? So make sure this Sunday night at 6 p.m. Central Time you tune in on uh, Facebook, on Cross Country, and uh, you'll find us there discussing this great topic of the rest of God. And uh, we're just excited again. Let's get our Bibles and let's look into 1 Peter chapter 1. We want to go ahead and get started this morning uh, so that we can work our way through this. And again, we're going to see some very profound and though very deep, uh, very uh, obtainable truths for us to lay hold of and be able to walk in as we keep our faith directed in Christ and his work on the cross for us. And let me say something about that this morning. Of course, we have to. Uh, the Holy Spirit daily is going to guide the child of God to the place, to the place that they're being made conformable unto. What is that? We're being made conformable unto the death of Jesus. If the child of God doesn't know that, then there will be no understanding of God's word and really no opportunity to have true faith in what God has spoken. All the words of God written down in what we call the Bible, God's holy words of life and liberty, direction and instruction, all, all for us to seek and to find are the, 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 the understanding of them only comes through a faith in Calvary. And we must do more than read. We must do more than <clears throat> hear with our natural ears. We must understand God's intention, God's will for saying what he said or for writing down what 
He has said through others, or others have said that he wants you to know what they said. See, everything in the Bible is not what God has said. Now, hold on a minute. The devil said some things God wrote down. So it's all in what we call the Bible, the Word of God. But everything in the Bible wasn't spoken by God. Some things were spoken by evil men. Some things were spoken by the devil. But we do have also many things of which God has said through men, and they were written down, but all the words of God, all the words written in your Bible have a great purpose, but we must understand the intention, the reason God spoke or had men write what other men or even the devils. But we must know the read. We can't just read the word of God and do with it what we want to do with it. That, that won't work. That, that, that'll, that'll get us in big trouble. So we must understand the context of Scripture when we're reading Scripture. So here we see in verse 13, the first word in this verse is wherefore. So the, and we talked about that in the last session. You have to go back and look at the first few verses written here and previous things written by Peter here in this letter, uh, uh, the first 12 verses uh, that, that speak, the, really the topic is faith. You're going to have trials of your faith. You're only going to be kept by God uh, through faith, by the power of God, through faith. And, and uh, the topic is faith. Uh, and, and, and we'll see as we go further on, even in this verse, 13, he's, he's talking about faith still. Watch. Gird, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. And we talked really about this the last couple of sessions. And, and the Lord reveals some very powerful truths. If you missed it, please go back and listen. You, you might need to go listen again. Uh, because the loins of your mind, the word loins means hips. But it's referring to loins and your mind hips is how we move physically how we get around if you didn't have any hips you, you, you're not going to walk anywhere so our loins are how we walk physically so loins speaks of the movement of our mind the movement of that inner man hallelujah that new and hidden inner man gird up the loins of your mind, prepare your minds for action, be sober, and hope to the end. Watch now, watch very carefully today, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. You've you, you got to understand that. You've got to understand that. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Prepare your minds for movement. Prepare your minds for action in soberness. Romans 12, 3. You're not, no Christian is thinking sober without thinking according to the measure of faith God dealt us at the born-again experience. That is what prevents us from thinking more highly of ourselves unsober than we ought. 
So uh, he's telling us here, and you got to know this, this is going to be a powerful Bible study today with some great truths coming out and may shock some of you as we work our way through this, but I want you to hear what the Lord is really saying here today, what he's really talking about, where he really wants your feet stepping as you follow him. Because if we're not hearing properly, we can't follow properly. And if we can't follow properly, we can't have proper fruit. And if we can't have proper fruit, then we can't, uh, the Lord won't be able to be seen through us or our ministries. And our Father won't be able to be glorified. And we may think we got all this and that going on when we don't. The flesh and the devil, the sin nature, all those things are very deceitful and deceptive. And we must understand the word of God. So watch this now. As obedient children, not conforming ourselves according to the former lust in our ignorance when we were ignorant of the way of the cross, but we're no longer ignorant now. As I told our people Wednesday night in the message I ministered about the, uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, now that some of the church, a very minute, minute group of people have heard and have accepted the way of the cross as the only object of faith, the cross of Christ, to be found walking in sanctification and maturing and bearing proper fruit, now that we know, now that we're no longer ignorant of why things just didn't work, now that we know, we still choose at certain times to not let the power of Christ, the power of what he did at Calvary, work in our lives because Anybody that says that, 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 that they don't resist the cross, they're lying. Because everybody, even those who know the way, have fleshly carnal moments. And those who say they don't, they're having one right now because they're lying. Everybody has those moments. Nobody, every moment of every day, completely without hindrance, without distraction, without failure, completely trust every moment in the sacrifice of Christ. And we prove it by our outburst. We prove it by our leaning towards something we shouldn't or our disobedience in one avenue and trying to cover it with something. You know what I'm talking about. But instead of making excuses, we should run to the place where we first saw the light where we were loved first and we loved first. We should run to the place, and, and we will if we're being Holy Spirit-led to the place that we're being made conformable unto the death of Jesus. Now watch this. Verse 14, and, and this is all one thought rolling through here. He's not, Peter's not all of a sudden start writing something new, so watch. As obedient children... This is the result, the manifestation 
of girding up the loins of our mind, preparing our minds for action in soberness. That means thinking according to the measure of faith that we were dealt by God and our hope is to the end now for the grace that we know is going to be brought to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ when the glorious one in us is going to be revealed out through us in in its fullness coming very soon to a theater near you but he says as obedient children he's talking about right now on this day in this moment obedient children that's how we that's how we experience verse 13 not by thinking well we'll get it we'll be right one day we will be perfect one day but listen the devil loves it when we use factual statements that are true to avoid being changed to avoid being made conformable to the death of Jesus. The devil loves it when we use factual and true statements to avoid the will of God in our lives. The devil loves it. Well, nobody's perfect. Well, we'll not be like Jesus till we get to heaven. Those are factual and true statements, but... If we use them to avoid what's written for us to walk in, we're going to see right here in the scriptures this morning what the consequences are. Watch carefully. But as he which is called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. In all the manner, all your behavior, all your conduct, everything about you should be the fruit of holiness. And you say, well, we're in big trouble. Well, it, it'll either drive you on your knees to the place where you say, Lord, I want to live for you, but it doesn't seem to be happening. And that is a heart that fears the Lord. And the Bible promises us, God has promised us, they that fear the Lord, he will show them his covenant. Because only in the covenant that Jesus said was in his blood are we going to find the power of the Holy Spirit to, to live where sin's domination is no longer dominating us. The sin nature or the flesh. We might have spurts, but we know where to quickly run to, grab a hold of. That, that hand with the nail scars in it, where we have an identifiable faith. I'm talking about God identifies again in the moments of my life, the behavior, the, the conduct, the conversation here, God finds an identifiable faith in the sacrifice, the death of his son. And when he does, he, by his spirit, brings forth an identifiable fruit. Come on now. When God finds that identifiable faith in the likeness of the death of Jesus, the Holy Spirit brings forth that identifiable fruit that magnifies the name of Jesus and glorifies our Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. Now watch this. But as he which is called you is holy. Now the, word, the reason he used the word but there, but as he, it's because he says, we're to be functioning as obedient children, not being conformed 
not allowing ourselves to be conformed to our former lust in the ignorance that we walked in. What's he saying? But now that we know, we're not ignorant anymore. Now when we don't walk as obedient children, we're choosing not to. Oh, my goodness. And God's focus and God's intention here is that we be holy. Why? Because he is holy and he's our heavenly father. We're the fruit of the son he sent to reveal to us who he is. He is holy. And listen, he has commanded us to be holy. It's not long sleeves. It's not no makeup. It's man. It men will take in, 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 in through their deceitful fleshly lusts. They will change the truth of God's word to make holiness look like it's them and their group because of what they're wearing on their arms or not wearing on their faces or uh, the jewels or no jewels and all these things. And they misinterpret, they, they misunderstand God's word and, and, and try to turn holiness into something that it's not. That's why more than once the Bible says, I love God's word. It helps us stay the course. And, and when we try to bend God's word, if, if we'll allow the Holy Spirit, he'll bend us back on the straight and narrow and, and, and teach us to quit bending his word. It wasn't sent for us to bend and twist it. He, he sent his word to deliver us to, to, to bend and straighten our lives out, hallelujah, to conform us into the image of his son. But we, we need to understand these things that he's told us to be holy because he is holy. And we are here to be like him. We are here to represent him. This is a very important topic that you need to understand. The Bible says, get back to my thought just a moment ago, the Holy Spirit wrote down more than once or twice the phrase true holiness. You and I were created as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4 and 24 says that we were created as the new creations that we are in Christ in righteousness and true holiness. Those two words have to be together at all times and we'll see it in this Bible study today because there is no holiness in experience without faith in that one object that made us servants of righteousness and actually made us righteous, creating us in Christ's righteousness. And also, there, there's another uh, Bible verse that, that talks about true holiness. Luke wrote it in, one, in chapter 1. Let's go look at it. Luke 1, uh, verse 74 and 75. Let's look at, watch this, because I want you to know the Holy Spirit wants you to know true holiness. Not what men say true holiness is, but what God says true holiness is. And we'll see that in the scriptures today. Watch Luke wrote in chapter 1, verse 74, that he would grant unto us 
that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, where'd that happen? At the cross, might serve him without fear, without the fear of the enemy, without the fear of man, without the fear of man, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. Now, he didn't say true holiness here, but he does tie holiness together with what delivered us from our enemies. That's the cross. And we're going somewhere with this. I hope you're taking notes. Uh, we serve him, get this now, all the days of our life. Watch this. That he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him, God, without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives, moment by moment by moment, all the day of our lives. So as we go back to 1 Peter, we see here, he says in verse 16, no, let's read verse 15, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of your life, all behavior, conduct, conversation. That's what that word means. <clears throat> Let me read uh, Philippians 1 and 27 to you this morning. Only let your conversation, again, there's that word, behavior, conduct, everything about you at all times, moment by moment, let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel. Not some denomination, not what they're wearing or not wearing. Our conversation, our lifestyle, our behavior, our attitudes, our everything should be becoming the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Woo! The faith of the gospel is what we're striving together for. Not this denomination, that preacher, this, that. <clears throat> if we're going to be of one spirit, one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, that means we're striving together with the measure of faith we were dealt by God. That measure, that measure of faith was measured out of the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. If that's what we're striving together for, then we won't be hearing all these comments about there's division among the cross-preaching community. Let me say this morning, there's not any division in the cross-preaching community that I'm in. Uh, th there's no lack of fellowship uh, or unity in the cross-preaching fellowship I'm in uh, cross-preaching cross-preaching group. They say the cross-preaching community. They say there's, there's not any division in the cross-preaching community I'm in because the 
the cross-preaching community I'm in has fellowship one with another because we're striving together for the faith of the gospel. Hallelujah. We're, we're, <coughs> it's amazing how all of a sudden people are adding. I, listen. We're just preaching the message of the cross, which is the gospel. For you, your life and my life to be becoming the gospel, that means, first of all, we've got to understand that we're being made conformable unto the death of Jesus. Hallelujah. Not his resurrection life, his death. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you to the place not only where he can change you, but he can change you into that by which he's changing you. Glory be to God. The power of the cross is that actually what he's conforming you into is the Christ of the cross. Hallelujah. Not We're not being made conformable to the attributes of all that Jesus was during his earthly life. The Bible says we're being made conformable unto the death of Jesus because the death of Jesus is where the full-blown picture, the, the, the death of Jesus is where God saw what he was looking for, what he had been determined forever, in eternity past, before the foundation of the world to... to to be predetermined to know nothing else in all of his dealings with men, that through which he would speak and work and save and deliver and heal and fill with his spirit the only avenue. And therefore, when we come to that exclusive place of faith and unity and this last day's march, there's not going to be division. There's going to be unity because we're going to be of one spirit, of one mind, and our striving is not going to be about all this, that, and the other. It's going to be a striving for the faith of the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. My goodness, we having some good Bible study up in here. I'm glad you've gathered around God's Word with us today. Now let's get into a, a little bit deeper this morning, uh, really, of this scripture we're in. Watch this. Now I'm going to read two or three verses and say some things and then we'll look at other scripture to let the Holy Spirit show us the fullness or more of the fullness of what he's saying today. Verse 16. Because it is written, very important, God will never go outside of what is written. Be ye holy because I am holy. That's old covenant being pulled to the new covenant because God's purpose and God's will and his way has never changed to have a holy people. And let me say this. You know as well as I know that Hebrews chapter 12 teaches unless one is following after peace and holiness, no man shall see the Lord. That's twofold, I want you to know. If I'm not following after peace and holiness, it don't matter if I know how and I'm ignorant, even as a Christian, if I don't know how or if I do and I'm just not. It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not seeing the Lord. And number two, nobody's seeing the Lord through my ministry. 
I don't care what kind of form of godliness I get up and put on. I don't care how well I can sing the old hymn. I don't care how I can get up and perform in my gifts and my talents. Uh, if I'm not following after peace and holiness, there ain't no man seeing nobody but this man. For anybody to see the Lord, they must follow after peace and holiness. For anybody to experience the Lord through a ministry, they must be following after peace and true holiness. You got that. And we're going to see some more today. Watch verse 16. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Watch. And he's going to bring prayer into this now. Watch. He's going to bring prayer into this you better have your mind girded up. You better have your mind prepared for action in a state of soberness. That means thinking according to that measure of faith God dealt you because God's not just behind the scenes doing whatever His will is without you being involved in it by faith. And that's proper faith, which is faith in the death, the cross, the blood of Jesus Christ. As obedient children found walking in holiness in all manner of our conversation. Because as it is written, he's holy and his command is for us to be holy. Now watch this. And if you call on the Father, if you go into prayer to the Father, who is without respect of persons, Judges according to every man's work. Pass the time of your sojourning, your traveling through this life here now in fear. We live, once we learn the way of the cross for victory, and not just victory over sin, but for all the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit. Not just for victory over sin, but for all the grace that I need to be a daddy, to be a husband, to be a, a good employee or good employer. To, I need the grace of God for all things. That means I need the spirit of grace working in my life for all things. And he works according to a law of me being in and walking in Christ Jesus, and I walk in him based on the same faith that I received him through faith in his death. So watch this now, verse 17. The apostle Peter brings prayer into this, crying out to God into the picture here. Who says, and if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons... He's not a respecter of persons. And let me say something I saw Andrew, my son, say the other day on social media. If God says the cross works for this group, but he does something else that works for this group, God has committed a sin because he's become a respecter of persons, and respecter of persons is a sin. Here we see... That God is without respecter of persons. <clears throat> he has to be because it's a sin. God hasn't made one way of the cross for some and any of these other ways 
for some others. That's, that right there refutes the thought that's among many in the church today. Well, I, their focus is on the cross. Well, I'm glad God's using that for them. He's using something else for us. No, he's not using anything else for anybody else, anywhere else, at any other time, ever. It's the cross way or it's the carnal flesh. It's the cross way for the righteousness of Christ in experience with its fruit or it's our carnal fleshly ways, self-righteous fruit. No matter how much scripture we're quoting, no matter how much of a form of godliness we have, if the object of our faith is not the death of Jesus, the blood, the cross of Christ, uh, then we're not being made conformable unto that. Your faith, listen, you're only being made conformable to what your faith is in. And, and God, that's why God has only given the world one object of faith for the moving and the operation of His Holy Spirit so that our faith could stand in the power of God and not the wisdom of men. God's not given humanity but one object of faith. It's his son and his son's death. Not just for initial salvation, but for daily experience of that salvation, which is where we find holiness in all manner of conduct. Let's read this verse again. And if you call on the Father... Now, this is, Peter's not starting an entirely different message here. I don't care what you find on YouTube by some uh, hermeneutical, uh, eschatological, uh, exegetical, and all them big words. I don't care what you find on Google and YouTube. The Word of God is line upon line. No room for my two cents or your two cents. And here, if you call on the Father, you've got to understand he's not a respecter of persons. But he is judging according to every man's work. And he's just told you in the previous verses some important things that he's going to have to see before your prayers are affected. You say, well, the, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yeah, but are you serving that righteousness? Are you found in that place of serving that which you were made a servant of when you were born again because your faith was in the one object that made you righteous and made you a servant of righteousness, robed you in his righteousness, put you on a path of righteousness, and all the, the promises of what God will add to your life is not because of prayer. It's because of you seeking his righteousness before all things. Hallelujah. But if you call on the Father, who is res without respect of persons, but he is judging according to every man's work, you better be passing your time here, traveling through this life, in fear. Now, a very important thing concerning fear and being holy, because God is holy, let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians, 
Go ahead, turn there in your Bible. You got time. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. This is important that you know this. See, there is a, a group of people among the body of Christ today that knows God's just not doing mystical and magical things because of how I feel or what's going on with my emotions, the tears I cry, the wallowing around begging God for anything because if you call on the Father who is without respect of persons, but who is judging according to every man's work. This is all tied up in prayer. And remember, Peter also wrote that if I'm not treating my sweet wife as a co-equal heir of grace, that my prayers will be hindered. See, that has something to do with the work of the Holy Spirit being hindered in my life because my faith is not truly in what it should be in. If my faith is in the death of Jesus, I'm going to treat my wife by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, as a co-equal heir of grace. If I'm not treating her right, if, then, I'm, then I'm not the cross is not where I think it is. It might be on my lips but my heart's not surrendered to the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus can be manifest in my marriage. See, this is better than your amen and hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Watch now. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 brings a great picture and a great light onto this subject about being holy because God is holy. And if we're going to call upon our Father, we better travel through this life in fear. Doesn't mean the fear of man, it means the fear of the Lord. Watch this. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting. Come on, somebody help me with that word there. I know you got your Bible in your lap. Perfecting holiness. Where? In the fear of of the Lord. Holiness, we became holy when we became believers. But holiness is not like justification. Justification is a guaranteed position. You're either justified or you're not justified. You don't get more justified as the day goes along, but you're either justified or you're not by the blood of Jesus. When you got born again, when you trusted from the heart unto what's the Bible say? Righteousness. When you believed with the heart unto righteousness... That's obeying that form of doctrine that freed you from sin and made you a servant of that righteousness you surrendered to, which was the death of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. You became justified by that blood. You'll never be more justified than you are now. But holiness is a different avenue. Holiness is what you became. You actually all, you also became sanctified because Christ is our sanctification. He became that to us at Calvary. 1 Corinthians 1 and 30. He is our sanctification and our sanctifier. <clears throat> but holiness, 
is not like justification. Justification is a stamp. It's a, it's a judicial decree. You're just. Boom, that's it. But holiness is something we're told by Peter to be. You, you're not told anywhere in the New Testament to be justified because you already are in Christ. But holiness is the fruit of you walking in that which justified you. Holiness is the, the fruit of the one, one avenue that allowed you to be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're going to see this today. Holiness can be being perfected. God's not, God's not intending on you go to church Sunday and act like you holy, Wednesday night and act like you holy. He, listen, you are holy, but you are to be carrying your life as the holy child of God. You become in Christ Jesus. Holiness can be perfected. Holiness can be perfected, but only in the fear of the Lord. The Bible says, let's look at Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, at a powerful scripture this morning. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 says that who in the days of his flesh, talking about our Jesus living on this earth in his flesh, when he had offered up prayers, when he called on the Father, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. He was heard in that he feared. That means he was heard because his trust was in his father's righteous judgment, his father's will, his father's plan. Not his will, but the the Father's will. Are you okay today? I hope you're traveling through this. So let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 1. Don't want to get too far from where we are today. Because he says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you're going to pray, if you're going to call on the Father, remember, he's not a respecter of persons, but he is judging according to every man's work. This is Christians. This is not lost people. He's judging according to every man's work. So therefore, you need to pass the time of your traveling through this life here in fear. The, the fear of the Lord is, is, a, is very key that we understand. The fear of the Lord is intrinsically tied to Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'll show you the proof of that in one place. I'm not getting sidetracked. I'm showing you because we're being told that we're going to have to travel through this journey here in fear. That means in, in faith, in, in, in what saved us. Watch this very closely this morning. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 26 and 27. And I know those of you that love the truth are seeing these beautiful things this morning in the scriptures. Watch this. Proverbs 14 and 26. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children, which points us to the cross, the only place God makes children, shall have a place of 
back to the cross, a place of refuge. Paul said, God forbid I boast in anything other than Christ crucified because I've been crucified from the world and the world from me. It's where we're separated. It's where we're hidden. It's where we're no longer like the world is at the cross. The cross of Christ has made Christ our refuge. I want you to hear that. Watch, watch the next verse now. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Christ is our life. The fountain of who Christ is as our life is that fountain of blood that he shed at Calvary's cross. Watch now. The fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Where were we delivered from the trap, the snare of death? Being dead in our sins. Being trapped under the law and the domination of the sin nature. Where did Jesus take the power of death away from the devil and reconcile us, delivering us from the snare of death to God at the cross? Let's read it again. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord is tied to faith in the sacrifice of Christ. The fear of the Lord is not just our own value of God according to what we think. It's our value of God according to what God says his value is and where God says you will look to see the full value of who he is and what he's looking for. And that, my friend, is what he's making you conformable to, which is his son's death. I hope you're getting this today. I really hope you are. This is good stuff to me. Hallelujah. Watch this now. And I got to get to where I wanted to go before we run out of time. Be ye holy because God is holy. The command to every child of God is to be holy. Now, Let's look at Romans chapter 6 because you're not going to get the fullness of this and the clear-cut direction of this without knowing what's written in Romans chapter 6. It's just not going to happen. I don't care who you are. It's not going to happen. Romans chapter 6, watch what we're told here in verse 16. Know ye not, and the church doesn't today, 2,000 years into this thing, the church, church still don't know this. Watch. Don't you know that, that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of the sin nature unto death or of obedience, the obedience of Christ unto righteousness. But God, get this now, but God be, this is to saved people. But God be thanked that you were the servants of the sin nature, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. What form of doctrine was delivered to us? Watch. We know what it was because of verse 18 tells us what it did. It was the message of the cross, the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that what we're striving together for the faith of. Listen, 
being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Keep reading. This is very important. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded, it's a very important word, for as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness, to iniquity, in the ignorance, in past, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. There is no holiness in my life, nor any Christian's life, just because they got saved. We became holy in the twinkling of an eye moment. We were born again because with the heart we trusted. We believed under righteousness. We believed, God calls it here in Romans 6, obeying that form of doctrine, what Jesus did for us at Calvary. That is believing under righteousness, the work he carried out in his death. And we were born again and we became in a moment, in a moment, free from sin and in that same moment he made us not only righteous in Christ 2 Corinthians 5.21 but he made us servants of that righteousness servants of that righteousness he brought us into the new covenant priesthood of believers that the Levites in the old showed a picture of that we're all New Covenant Levites, where we tend now and our focus is on the sacrifice of Christ. Watch now. I'm going to read verse 19 again, but we've got to read something else after this. Watch. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, because as you have yielded your members, servants, to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now, even so now, now means now. In this right now moment. Here in a few minutes at 10 o'clock will be another right now moment. Moment by moment, we learn to yield our members, present our bodies as living sacrifices. We learn to yield our members' servants to righteousness, that which we became servants of, unto holiness. Through what? Simple faith in the death of Jesus, the cross of Christ. That's not some overall blanket statement that has held the church captive, paralyzed for years. Well, of course we believe in the cross. Of course. But are you serving righteousness through trusting in the cross of Christ right now? Get this now. Because righteousness... Your serving righteousness is the only avenue to holiness. It's the only avenue of holiness being perfected in the fear of the Lord. Watch again, watch again. Verse 22. 
But now being made free from sin, pointing back to Calvary, also pointing to this right now moment, that's what we're trusting in, Jesus Christ and his death and that I was planted together in the likeness of his death so that on this day right now I could also have an identifiable fruit of the Holy Spirit of the life of Christ. There is absolutely no experience of the life of Christ without an experience by faith in the death of Christ. Oh, the church desperately needs to hear this. And, 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 and if you're not hearing this, then you're not listening to the right preachers. This is not something you can preach or teach. For, for uh, This is what we carry to the finish line, my friend. This is what we carry to the finish line, my friend. Hallelujah. It, it, it's, it is what allows us to strive together for the faith of the gospel. Glory be to God. Watch now, verse 22. But now... Again, now, being made free from sin and become servants to God. See, see, look, he relates now the only avenue of, being, of serving God for the child of God is to serve him by serving righteousness. The son is serving God's purpose. The devil is serving God's purpose. The nations right now with the hooks in their jaws are being drawn together so that the Lord is going to plead the case for Israel to them. And eventually, in the last of the last moments, all those who reject him and his son will be destroyed. Right now, the movement of the nations, the movement of all the nations, it's God moving them for his purpose, but they're not, they're not bearing the fruits of righteousness unto holiness. <laughs> That's why no man can see the fruit of the Lord in their lives. But that don't mean he ain't moving them. God allows the devil to do what he does. God is using the blades of grass, the ants. Everything in creation is serving God's purpose to some degree. But the children of God, who are those who've been purchased only by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross, can bring forth the fruits of righteousness unto holiness. And people see the Lord. Glory be to God. Watch this now. And I'm reading verse 22 because it shows the only avenue again that's under holiness. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. The end of this avenue that we're on is everlasting life. I know you've gotten some great insight today through what we've talked about. And the focus here is, watch, in verse 17 of 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's look at it again and see really what the Holy Spirit is going to keep your focus on. And he has to if we're going to all be of the same spirit, the same mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And hear me this morning when we're of the same spirit and the same mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, then we're also not going to have a problem with ministers pointing out the things that are not a striving together for the faith of the gospel. We're not going to have a problem with ministers pointing out that which is false. 
And when we allow other ministers to come and minister who don't have this focus, then we either sit there knowing it's wrong, doing nothing about it, or we're deceived and think that it's nothing wrong with it. How can we strive together for the faith of the gospel if we're not hearing the gospel? How powerful of a question is that? Watch now the focus of our Lord. Let's read verse 17 again. And if you call on the Father, if you're going to pray, who is without respect of persons, but he is judging according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, colon, there's a colon there, watch, for as much as you know, there's that phrase again, my friend, for as much as you know, all this is only going to be a part of your life for as much as you know. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. For as much as you know. For as much as you know that. Not as much as you say you know. Of course we know that. No, as much as you experientially are knowing this. Every moment of every day is a now moment. Now we are free from sin. Now we need to live free from sin. Well, nobody's perfect. Well, I hear that, and the devil loves that. When he sees that comment, if it's avoiding our crying out to the Lord and our looking unto Calvary, the place the Holy Spirit turns us over to every day unto death so that he can bring forth in manifestation the very life of Christ. This is not... This is not some something that a few people have decided to go the way of the cross to focus to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified to have this determination that Paul had Paul only had the determination that God had before the foundation of the world God was God predestined that means God predetermined and we need to know this today. This is why prayer is not really the answer. What you're trusting in is really the answer. And your trust in the death of Jesus allows the work of the Holy Spirit to be what it should be in your life. And you're walking in a place of righteousness. It's unto holiness and when you do pray, you're praying in the fear of the Lord just like Jesus did. And the Bible says he was heard in that he feared. My goodness, this has been good. Maybe we need to listen to this broadcast again and again and again. Maybe we need to understand this, that, that when we're not trusting in the death of Jesus, and I'm not talking about uh, sitting on your couch just saying the cross, the cross, the cross. I'm talking about 
girding up the loins of your mind, being prepared for action when the phone rings, when the boss comes, when the news comes from the doctor, when, 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 when she or he or them say or do something, or when you find your own self looking in a direction, reaching for a false direction. It's going to take, it's going to take the power of God for your faith to be standing in. And that's only going to happen, my friend, if you keep hearing the message of the gospel, the power of the cross, the power of our God, the testimony of our God. Prayer is very vital. Prayer is very important. But if you're going to pray, if you're going to call on the Father, you need to know he's not a respecter of persons, but he is looking at the work he's being allowed or not allowed to do in your life, which is to bring you to a perfected holiness day by day. It's been a great broadcast, and I'm excited about what God's doing in this last vapor of a moment before he pulls the curtain on this dispensation that we're about to make an exit from. Our exodus to heaven is about to happen. The transition from the 6,000 year period is about to close and, and we're just moments away from the 7,000th year period that's about to open. The church is about to be raptured. We're about to go to the wedding banquet and I hope you are making yourself ready for that. There's oil in your lamp. You won't be left behind because you thought you had it all figured out, but you didn't. Jesus Christ and his way of the cross, his way of death is our door in and our door of experience of all that God has for us. I hope you're learning that and you were blessed today. Don't forget about the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You can see there how to give to the ministry. You can see there at the store the products that are listed. You can read the blogs that we've uh, recently began to uh, post on there. So I encourage you to avail yourself to the website. And we'll be doing more on there in the days ahead. <coughs> God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.